1: Don't change the channel unless, of course, you hate the sound of laughter. The Bob and Sherry Show
2: with Bob. You jumped on me and said it was my fault. And Sherry, that's what we do here. And now, broadcasting from the palatial Bob and Sherry
1: Studios, it's Bob
2: and Sherry. I don't know where it got started, but it was somewhere, I think, in the upper Midwest where people who are inundated with snow, and I'll tell you what, from California throughout the upper Midwest this year uh, into uh, the Northeast, it has been a snowy year, but people started naming snowplows. It started with just one. And I, I think it was, it was something like plowy McPlow face. I, th- <laughs> I think right. that was the first one and everybody loved it. And they started uh, the next year naming like state snowplows, right? In, in certain parts of the country, like in Maine, every third guy that you meet in Maine or woman it has a snowplow, you know, because this is, you know, it's what you do. And in Edmonton, Canada, they get a lot of snow. They're up there. And the following names have been chosen for the Edmonton um, city snowplows. And here we go. This is silly as can be, but I just think it's so much fun. Um, the Blizzard of Oz. Uh, the Blizzard Wizard. And they would paint these on, on the front of the of the plow. Buzz Ice Clear. <laughs> Connor McBladed. Darth Blader.
3: I like Darth Blader. I didn't get that last one. What was that last one? I didn't Connor, get it what? either.
2: Connor. Oh, McBladed. McGregor.
3: Connor McGregor. Oh, yeah. it's a it, yeah. it's the okay, gotcha, gotcha. I like Take Darth Blader. That I think that might yeah. be my favorite.
2: Uh The Fast and the Flurious. That's pretty good. Mr. Plough. Um I think that's you know it's direct, but it's get the it gets the job done. Uh Peter Parka <laughs> Plowosaurus Rex.
3: That's a good uh, one too.
2: S- yeah. snow gone Kenobi. <laughs> Snowby gone Kenobi and the big Laplowsky. So, so there they are. Is, is your favorite still, which one did you choose? Darth Blader? Darth Blader.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, speaking of snowplows, are you guys following the Jeremy Renner story? The actor Jeremy Renner, who was in a very serious snowplow accident.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I read about that. He was
3: in, he was in the hospital. Now his Uh accident happened on new year's day in Lake Tahoe, over 14,000 pounds of snowplow foul on, fell on his chest. Woo! Now here, yeah, here is the good news: is he survived it and he's home from the hospital. He was there for more than two weeks. Here's the bad news: the prognosis is he may never fully recover. Mm. And that what a freak accident! Saw, I've
2: never heard of that happening to anybody else.
3: Oh my gosh! When I saw that, I I felt like I wanted to to cry, but mm-hmm. then you know, fourteen thousand plus pounds sitting on your chest. And it crushed one of his legs, but the how the, did it
2: the, how did it happen again? Do they does the story say how it actually went down that that happened to him?
3: I'm not, I'm I'm not sure he was helping
2: I think, a motorist. Yeah. Okay. And trying to help them get out, and in some somewhere in this process, he lost yeah. he he was outside his vehicle and and, and lost control mm-hmm. of it.
3: I, the, the 911 call, which, you know, we're not going to play. The 911 call is terrible. Jeremy Renner was bleeding. Um, he was completely crushed by the snowcat. He couldn't breathe. Um, one side of his chest was completely collapsed. His whole upper torso was crushed. He had to be airlifted to a hospital. Um, and, and the story, Bob, it said that the the police say that he stepped out of the snowplow to talk to the family member that he was helping and the plow started to roll. He tried to mm-hmm. get back into the driver's seat of the snow plow and didn't make it. And that's when he got crushed. Mm-hmm. So, so scary. And you, you know, you just, it's one of those freak accidents where yeah. it's unimaginable. And then the idea that he might never really recover, it's so scary. 14,000 pounds of snowplow on top of your chest. Y'all be careful with those things. It, even snowmobiles, which weigh way less than that. You can get into a world of hurt with a snowmobile. Right, right. We got morons in the news coming up. We have comedian Dan Cummins. We're going to take you down the rabbit hole with Austin Butler and Elvis. Looks like Austin's going to snag the Oscar for best male performance. We've got the Bob and Cherry box office and exactly what you need to ask before you say, I do, if you want that marriage to work. It's Bob and Sherry.
4: Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. People love TikTok. But it really is
3: like a giant data harvesting operation on the part of the Chinese government. I mean, it just is. is. And that's not not me sounding like your crazy Uncle Steve or anything. It just freaking is. I have it on my phone, too. My kids are into it. Blah, blah, blah. I guess you saw that late last week um, it was announced that the University of Texas Austin campus has banned TikTok. I did see that. Yeah, Yeah, you can't. If you're using UT's um, Wi-Fi network, you cannot access TikTok. Are they able
2: uh, to close that down so that, you know, let's say a student was told that there's a ban on TikTok, but they still, you know, pull it up anyway. They're in their dorm or wherever. Or can that that be shut down uh, in a campus?
3: You can't get to TikTok on the school's Wi-Fi network. Go off the school's Wi-Fi network and you can do whatever you please. And then
2: you can. Okay.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a lot of school systems. Like when my kids were, um, when my girls were in middle school, um, the the school Wi-Fi was very limited. Like you couldn't access a whole bunch of stuff on the school's Wi-Fi. And I'd be Mm -hmm. there like as a volunteer and I'd have, you know, an hour to kill or whatever. And I would try to log on to do work. And there were a bunch of websites that I couldn't get to on the school's Wi-Fi. So you have to turn Wi-Fi off and go on cell data or whatever. I wonder, now this is the governor of Texas who's like, we are done with TikTok in the state of Texas. They banned it on all state agency devices um, back in December. Like if you're a government employee in Texas, you cannot have TikTok on your, um, your work phone or your work laptop or whatever. It'll be interesting to see if other schools and states follow this it'll be interesting to see how many other places say absolutely no to tiktok what do you think
2: well i mean there are some people who are saying that the governor of texas is doing this as a fundraiser that there'll be enough people out there that'll say damn right those chinese they're the whole problem and then there are other people like me who i kind of feel that the chinese are not to be trusted And we have a good portion of America sitting around with that thing hour after hour, day after day. And that, that, you know, some of that information from us can be harvested for the Chinese. So I think he may may have a point. But I do think part of it is fundraising. Nonetheless, um, I worry about that. And you know the other thing about TikTok? I just can't believe that we didn't invent it. We are so good... Entertainment. There's no there's no other country in the world that is better at entertainment and uh, computing than the United States. When you get down to it, we're so creative in that in that area. Um, I am just. I was shocked when I heard the Chinese had it going, and it has blown out Facebook for younger people.
3: Well, it's great. It's great for um, quick hits and a short attention span. And one of our listeners right. just. Um, post it that to tell you that Auburn University banned it in December too. So um UT Austin wasn't the first. Like a lot of yeah. places now are saying no to TikTok. It, you know, Facebook um is is like an app for old people, according to my kids. And it's Instagram true. is Instagram isn't as good as it used to be because it's trying to be TikTok. And TikTok is just a quick hit it and get it and go. But it really is a giant data harvesting app. When you're on TikTok Even if you're just, if you're not posting, even if you're just looking, TikTok is scooping up the how, the when, the where, the how long of all of your internet activity. And there's, like, part of you goes, oh, who freaking cares? Come for me, right? What are you going to get? But, but, you know, we give up our liberty inch by inch by inch, and then one day we wake up and we don't have any. And that that might be an example of this data grab here with TikTok.
2: (laughs) I'm laughing. I'm not in danger. I don't go on TikTok. But there are some people who are tracking me, and they're finding out that I like to hike on mountains, you know, like in Maine. And they've got my number. And I got an invitation, and I'm looking at it right now. Um, Robert, join us on our 2023 adventures. Spots are open for the Monhegan Birding Workshop and Memoir Writing Workshop.
3: I don't see you birding in memoir I don't, writing. I don't. I don't. either. Hey, listen, don't worry about that. You're not on TikTok, but your <laughs> wife is. So when the, gover- the is, Chinese yeah. government drone comes, it'll scoop you both up, I promise.
2: It's, it gets me too, you're right.
3: More Hunts in the News is next. It's Bob and Sherry. Morons in the News, brought to you
4: by Lowe's. Shop in-store or online at lowes.com. Do it.
1: Let's go. Go.
4: Bob and Sherry. Idiot. With Morons in the News.
2: We say it all the time. If you're going to do something illegal, don't do it while you're doing something else that's illegal. This is Dateline, Georgia. We're looking at the town, or the county, rather, of Morgan County, Georgia. A Walmart police officer told police that a man by the name of Tull, his name is Marcus Rashad Tull. He's 28 years old. He was accused of skip scanning items in the self-checkout lane. The Walmart police officer said Mr. Tull skipped at least 24 items. Officers reviewed the surveillance video and confirmed that Tull had not paid for many items, totaling about $165. After Tull was arrested, he asked the officers, hey, can I keep the items that I did buy and did pay for? And these nice <laughs> officers, they agree. They said, all right, you know, we're going to arrest you, but we'll let you. You bought those items. We're going to put them in the backseat of your car. So uh, the Morgan Citizen, which is the local newspaper, reported that Mr. Tull gave the officers his key fob. When the officers got to the car, they opened his trunk instead of the backseat so the items would stay out of view. These these officers are so nice. This guy was robbing Walmart and they said I already paid for these. But let's, let's not put him in the back seat. He could get ripped off. Let's put him in the trunk. That's what they tell you to do. So they popped open the trunk and immediately smelled a very strong odor of marijuana. Now, let me just say, I'm aware that marijuana is legal in quite a few states now throughout the United States. And it's like every year another state says, yeah, we're going to sell it too. So I'm aware of that. But officers found three duffel bags full of vacuum-sealed marijuana, totaling 37 pounds, according to the newspaper. Also, uh, psilocybin mushrooms, a smaller bag of uh, of those. And obviously, he's been charged with possession. There's a difference between having a few doobies in your glove compartment and 37 pounds of weed. If you got 37, thirty-seven pounds of illegal weed in your trunk at the Walmart parking lot, don't steal stuff inside. And it—how it, much could that be worth? There, I don't I have no idea. Thirty-seven pounds sounds like just thousands and thousands of dollars. The guy was ripping off Walmart for one hundred and sixty-seven bucks. So for one hundred sixty-seven bucks, you put yourself—you know—in harm's way.
3: There are just people that refuse to play by any of the rules. Just yeah, yeah, they won't have any part of it. Let's go to Bolivia, where the entire nation of Bolivia has banded together to find Tito, a gray and white cat that went missing on a flight last month. Tito, and Tito's very determined daddy, Andreas Ettore, has captivated Bolivia. Um, The government of Bolivia has brought in firefighters, aviation authorities, and a pet psychic, according to... (laughs) According to the consumer rights minister of the country of Bolivia, Jorge Silva. He said that last week they brought in the animal psychic who can communicate with Tito to find out where he is. We are exhausting all of our resources to find him. The entire nation is now on the hunt for poor Tito, the missing cat animal lovers are criticizing the airline Um, The airline is refusing to comment publicly on the case, and the owner of the cat says, I have not stopped, and I will not stop searching for him. And I just have to say, this is the moron of the day today, because the world is a giant sewer that's on fire, Mm
0: -hmm. and yet
3: here we have an entire nation that's mobilized and Mm -hmm. brought in the supernatural to find Mm -hmm. a missing cat. Doesn't that give you some hope for humanity?
2: Well, they're doing bit. well in Bolivia. They just sold 37 pounds of marijuana to some guy in the United hey, States. So hey, by the way, that's worth excited. about $75,000. I just... Whoa! I just, so, and, and by the way, back me up on this search on Google that I just did that says, how much is a pound of weed? <laughs> yeah. We got your back on that, oh, thank buddy. Thank you. If they come for you. Yeah. No, 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 Yeah. He was just looking. Is- he was curious.
3: That is more some in the news. We'll post today's more of the day up on our Facebook, coming up, comedian Dan Cummins. And what to ask your fiance before you say I do, if you want to stay in that marriage forever, it's Bob and Sherry. True. Weird stuff on the current episode. Kids get lost. So when a couple of children turned up at the edge of an English village speaking a strange language. Wearing odd clothes. It was weird, but no big deal. Except these kids were a very
4: bright green. True. Weird stuff.
3: New episodes drop every Friday everywhere you get your podcasts.
4: The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Cherry app.
2: You know, I thought this whole thing about people getting fed up with their jobs and quitting and going on to other jobs or just doing something different with their life. I thought that was going to be a quick passing phase, but evidently it's not. Because I keep seeing these posts of people who can't stand their jobs. And I'm going to give you two of them right now. There's a collection of about 40 I was laughing at. The first person says, the phrase, money can't buy happiness, is such a baby boomer concept. Like, I don't want excessive wealth to buy a globe gold-plated toilet seat, Karen. I just wish I wasn't crying because I can't afford both spaghetti and rent after working 40 hours a week. So um, I I, might, so I get true. it. It's so true. I get it. But, you know, th- I don't think that's a baby boomer phrase. I think that goes way back probably to, I don't know, the 1930s or the 1940s. The next one, I'm sorry this is radio and I can't show this to you, but I'm going to describe to you a woman that hates her job so much but has found a way around it. It's a picture of a woman who is lying down with her eyes closed on a couch and she has a nice comfortable, um, uh, looks like a blanket or something over her. In, In the foreground, there is a side view of a computer and the screen is up. It's a laptop and there is a mannequin head and on the mannequin head, there's a wig that looks like the woman who's asleep's hair. Sun, she's got sunglasses on the mannequin and a black mask, like a COVID mask. And it's staring directly into the computer. And it looks like she's in a Zoom room. <laughs> the mannequin it's is genius. taking her place. It is! I, I mean, I don't know if you can really pull it off, but it is genius. But it it's just so funny. Do you think that's still going on? Do you think that this whole um, movement to say I'm not going to do this work anymore, I'm I'm going to get a better job, is still going on in the U.S.?
3: I do. Yeah, I do.
2: Evidently. I yeah. I
3: I mean, if it wasn't, you wouldn't have so many places looking
0: for employees.
2: Yeah, really that's, true. that's true. That's true.
0: Radio 10.
4: Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at seven pm Eastern, live. Live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page.
3: It is talk back time. If you have our app, it's free in Google Play and the Apple Store, and you can listen to the daily show on it. You can listen to our podcast, you can text the studio, you can win prizes. And if you tap the little microphone in the bottom center of the screen and talk,
4: the app will do the rest. Hi, Bob and Sherry. This is Carol. And I'm wondering. On that What's Three Word app, I don't mean to be a Bob, but how do they do apartment buildings? Everybody is piled up on top of each other, so you're going to have more than one residence in that 10-foot square. Okay, thank
3: you. Um, I actually what, know the What is she to-
2: referring to? What is she referring so, to?
3: Remember I was telling you last week about this app, What Three Words, where they have mapped the entire planet Earth into 10-foot blocks and oh, yeah, assigned right. a unique three-word address to each 10-foot block. And you right. can go on – you can download the app. It's free and you can find your address and you can see all of the 10-foot blocks that make up where you live. The one, mm-hmm. if you were going to give somebody the, the, the what three words address to your house, you'd pick like your driveway or your front door or whatever. So mm-hmm. let's say to answer Carol's question, she doesn't want to be a Bob, but let's say that you do live in an apartment building and you're all on the same 10 foot block. So your address is penguin, tangerine, skateboard, or whatever it is. You would just add your unit number to that. So your what three oh. words address would be penguin, tangerine, skateboard d or 12 or whatever your apartment number was they've believe me they've I worked see. that out and and one of our listeners dm'd to me and said that the military uses this kind of technology too it's been around for a while but it it really took all of us becoming like e-commerce junkies for it to become more mainstream like dhl the shipping company uses mm-hmm. it because they it's really expensive to make a wrong address delivery and so dhl drivers around the world um use these what three word addresses to get your product to your house and if you get a delivery from a company that is has a contract with this app and you study your packaging label you'll find your what three words address it's wild it's so so. when when you were
2: explaining it originally uh I was wondering the same thing. That was her name, Carol. That Carol was wondering, and even I didn't want to be a Bob. So I just sat. <laughs> I, I sat there and just I shut up. I'm I'm, I'm very grateful to her for having uh, <laughs> presented this to everyone. Okay, I've got another. Uh,
3: You're legend, Bob. This is your yeah, legacy right. to Earth. Is being right, a right. Bob. Okay. And there's another one. Let's
2: hear it. Yeah, th- and this is something I'd never heard before.
1: Hey, Bob and Sherry this is david the grill guy i was listening to yesterday's podcast about the three things men just steal from women according to what i've been told purses actually come from men after the civil war they threw their ammunition pouches in the clothes and the women repurposed them y'all have a great day
2: Well, thank you very much. Wow. Thank you. Um, First of all, uh, would you free the five women you're holding (laughs) in the basement? And uh, secondly, that was really, I know the the purse that he's talking about. I've seen pictures of that. That is so interesting. I mean, that's a guy that knows his history.
3: Did you know that um, there are ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics of men carrying purses and man bags? Men were purse carriers for most of history, and then it switched, and now dudes are discovering how useful it is to have a bag, and some men are still resisting it because, you know, oh, that's girly, but purses actually did belong first to men, I think.
2: I tried to. I got two or three. I got a small backpack. I mean, a real small one, and I I had a couple of over-the-shoulder, one-shoulder bags, and I I just couldn't do it. I would. I would forget it in the car or, um, I'd worry about, you know, you can't have a bag coming into this particular business. And so I gave up on the thing, but it does make sense, especially today when you've got, you got a car keys, you've got your phone, you've got your wallet, you got all that stuff. And, uh, to just, you know, throw it
3: chapstick and a sunglasses.
2: Yeah. Sunglasses.
3: How do men, how do men get by? Like, how do y'all get through the world? With just your car keys and some money, where where do you put your Kleenex and your cliff bars and your bag of M&Ms and 10 years' worth of grocery store receipts and, like, a kid's toy? Where do you store all of that?
2: We don't How carry do any of that, that stuff. That? We don't carry any of
3: that stuff. No. uh uh-uh. That's some None kind of, of privilege y'all have. That's because I carry it for you. I, you know, the first thing you oh, do when you get, oh, get out of the why truck I is get I blamed. take over – Oh, let me have your sunglasses, and I've got chapstick, and yeah, I'll carry your MMs. Yeah, it's because we do, we do it all, we do it all.
2: Oh, thank of you it. so much, thank you so much. Hey, you're welcome. You get in return, you get some sweet love, and just remember that, okay?
3: And oh don't ever yeah. Forget it.
2: You get some. Yeah.
3: Hey, if anything, if anything, I owe you. I owe I don't you. Want I'm not say carrying anything. enough to. I'm not carrying yeah. enough to pay for that sweet love. Yeah.
2: Well, well, you know, right could you take? Could you take this bowling ball for me then? Thank you.
4: <laughs> it's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. talk back. With the Free Bob and Sherry app. A couple of months
3: ago an app was released called ChatGPT. It's an artificial intelligence chatbot. And millions of people have downloaded it and used it. Um, people, it's 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 AI, so you can get it to help you write something or a song. You can get it to help you write like a letter to the manager or whatever. But there's a woman in the UK named Sarah who is, has been married for five years, but she met a guy on a website called illicit encounters, which is a dating site for married people. That's a, that's an oxymoron, isn't it? A dating site for married people. It's kind of like Ashley Madison, but this is uh this one's called. I'll tell you, they're up front
2: with the name illicit encounters. They're, they're not hiding anything.
3: So Sarah meets this guy on illicit encounters, and um, an affair starts up. And you know the mar- her marriage has been troubled. They're constantly arguing. There are other issues that are pretty serious, apparently. So she's in a position now where she's having this affair, and she's married, and she's got to decide: should I stay or should I go? So she asks Chat GPT, the AI, um, to write a fairy tale ending. To her situation. She said, I asked the app to write me a story based on my current situation and to tell me what the person in that story should do in a failing marriage while experiencing the excitement of the affair that she'd been having. And chat GPT told her, listen, girl, you need to put your own happiness first and leave your husband. And she did. <laughs> she is now living with the man she's been having an affair with that she met on illicit encounters. And she said that chat GPT gave her quote, the push I needed to make the jump and leave a relationship that had been in the doldrums for a long time. Not something I'd insist other women in similar situations try. It was a case that I'd been around this technology and it worked for me. (laughs) What kind of black mirror future is this?
2: so the uh, the computer program takes the situation, analyzes it, and then gives an answer.
3: Yeah, yeah, what it does is um the the people that created it, um they they taught it they 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 built the AI by doing both ways, like they programmed it to be the person asking the question and to be the person giving it the answer. And they did such a good job with it that apparently, um, it's useful in the real world for all sorts of things like companies can use chat gpt to do customer service. Mm-hmm. That that's just one example. That's how skilled and um what's the word I'm looking for nuanced this this thing is. They released can I it give in you, November. Can I give you- for and it could be and anyone could download it and try it for free and millions of people did and now this woman's living with her boyfriend because of it.
2: That is really something. Boy, that's a I don't want to say courageous step, but that's uh, an unusual step. There are several of these um, out as far as I know. Jeff Fox, who is my uh, silver best friend, is such a computer geek. I mean, he, he built his own computer when he was like 14, you know. And he was telling me about what you're talking about. It's a different program. I forget the name of it. But you can give it like a Wikipedia of a person or a business and it can, as an example, write a song. He said, let me give you an example. I'm going to type in the Bob and Sherry show. And so I'm looking at what this computer program came up with. Obviously, it <laughs> nobody else put any information in. Jeff didn't tell the computer anything about us. Just said Bob and Sherry show. And here's what it came back as a song. He said, write a song about the Bob and Sherry show. Bob and Sherry in the morning start my day with a warning. Laughter and stories, they never bore. They make the commute a little more. Chorus, Bob and Sherry, Bob and Sherry, making my mornings a little less scary. Bob and Sherry, Bob and (laughs) Sherry, the best way to start off my day. Oh, oh, oh. Verse two, Bob's got the jokes and Sherry's got the charm. They keep me entertained from alarm. They're like my morning cup of Joe. I can't start a day without them, you know. Bob and Sherry, Bob and Sherry, make my mornings a little less scary, blah, blah, blah. Bridge, I never know what they'll say next, but I know it's going to be the best. They're the soundtrack to my drive. Bob and Sherry, they keep me alive. Chorus: Bob and Sherry, Bob and Sherry, make my mornings a little less scary. That's a computer.
3: Listen, in all the years we worked with marketing people, they never came up with that. I'm impressed. I
2: know. I know. Exactly. Exactly. A little song like that. that And that was strictly off of either, you know, one of our websites or uh, Bob and Cherry Wikipedia, whatever, wherever they got it from.
3: Well, this chat GPT, this program that told this woman to leave her husband, yeah. it writes songs. It writes essays. I feel sorry for teachers and professors now because... Right. You right. don't know what you're gonna be getting and who That's wrote right. it and where it came from. Straight ahead, everyone needs a laugh. Comedian Dan Cummins and coming up on today's show. Did you get engaged over the holidays? So exciting, so romantic. We have the questions that you absolutely have to get answers to before you say I do. It's Bob and Sherry. Everyone needs a laugh is brought to you by HelloFresh. Use code Bob and Sherry22 at HelloFresh.com slash Bob and Sherry22. It's time for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Bob, you're going to love this. Here is Dan Cummins.
1: And I was thinking, why do I hate people so much? And ironically, it's because I was raised with decency and manners and respect. (laughs) But I'm forced to live in a world where people don't care about stuff like that. I wake up in a good mood because I'm not around strangers. And I continue to be in a good mood right up until I leave my place and walk out into the world, a.k.a. the human (laughs) parade. And I start to get a little angry. Start to get a little irritated. People's lack of manners. Let's talk about it a little bit. Let's talk about uh, sidewalk etiquette for starters. What's going on on the sidewalk out there? I'll tell you exactly what's going on. Anarchy. And I don't care for it. People act like there's no rules on the sidewalk. There is, it's a very simple rule. You get the right half. All right, that's how it works. The sidewalk mirrors the road. You get the right half, people coming towards you, they get their right half, and it works out. Maybe if you're in Europe, you get the left half. I don't know, and I don't care, so put your Euro trash ass on the right side of the sidewalk, and you respect our culture. (laughs) But maybe, maybe you're in a romantic situation, and you're taking up the whole sidewalk, you're holding hands, that's adorable. All right, take the whole thing, make it yours. Until you see an innocent person coming towards you another pedestrian trying to live their life. All right, that's when you should have the decency to single file it. Know who's front, know who's back. Have a plan, act on it. What you don't do is form a wall of narcissism, lock hands like you're trying to defend your tag team championship belt, and push people into the street like a savage. That's why I work out, moments like that. I'm not a huge guy. I don't even know how to fight but I feel just big enough to stand my ground now in moments like that. 50 pounds ago, I would let those people push me into the street and just be like, meh, what I could have, should have. Be irritated the rest of the day. Now I stand my ground. I'm not gonna move from my half. It's my half and I'm gonna keep it. And the person coming towards me in my half, not on their half, they don't know it, but they're playing a little game, sidewalk chicken. And I have a distinct advantage because I'm the only one who knows who we're playing. All right, they're relaxed, they're lollygagging, all loose in the shoulder. I'm f-ing tight in the shoulder. My hips are tucked and my core is engaged. I'm braced for impact. I march forward, sometimes I walk into them, sometimes I stumble them, one time, I knock some guy to the ground, and it felt pretty good, I'm not gonna lie to you. Just so take your time getting up there, chief. Think about some decency, manners while you're down there. Think about etiquette. I could turn this whole show into a hate speech about manners. The only other one I want to talk about tonight is uh, door etiquette, right? Isn't it drive you crazy? It's so easy to fix. Here's how it works. When somebody opens up a door for you, you say two words. You say thank you, and you say it every single time, right? It makes this planet a lot more bearable to be on. I don't care if the person's holding the door open for you because they have to, because they work there. Say thank you. I don't care if you're on the phone. Tilt your phone. Hey, thank you. I don't care if it's that person that we all hate, all of us hate. That person who holds the door open for you, no exaggeration, a good 20 to 30 yards before you were ready to go through that door. And now you suddenly feel peer pressured into a strange workout you never wanted to be a part of. You find yourself kind of jogging to a door you were very comfortable walking towards. I don't like that, all right? I got tight hips, now they're chafed. Now I'm sweaty, I'm out of breath. That guy's an idiot, but I say thank you because he's a polite idiot and I respect that. <laughs> I used to not do anything and people wouldn't say thank you. Now I, I do something, I can't recommend this enough. It feels so good to give it a little bit, little bit back. When someone doesn't say thank you, here's what you do. You say a very angry, you're welcome. Just, you're welcome! <laughs> and you stare at them just like that. And it feels so good because technically, you're not doing anything wrong. You're saying nice words. A little too loud, but nice words. What feels good about it is even though you're saying the words, you're welcome, that's not the two words they're hearing. It comes out of your mouth, they you're welcome. Received by them. <laughs> right, you're making the world a better place.
2: Do you remember, do you remember, I think it was probably two or three years ago that I was referring to that same situation of being on the right hand side, Mary and I were in Banff, Canada, and these tourists were coming at us on this path, and they and they wouldn't give us anywhere to go. And I got so frustrated, um, I put a shoulder up, and just kept walking. Hit n- didn't hit him, but I nudged this guy, and he said sorry. He admitted he was wrong. I, that that was me. That was I me knew. in that last stand-up.
3: I knew you would enjoy. Dan Cummins, and we'll post that set up at dot icom This is Bob and Sherry.
4: Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app.
2: If you are just joining us a few minutes ago, Sherry selected Dan Cummins' clip from one of his sets. He's a comedian to uh, play this morning. She said, she knew that I would love it, and I did. He was mainly talking about, if you're walking on a sidewalk, stay to the right, just like driving a car. Stay to the right. And and then makes it very, very funny. I love comedians. I do. Especially, I love seeing comedians when they're on, like, Netflix, and we've had them on the show, and I go, all right, that's one of ours. Chelsea um, <clears throat> Handler has a new Netflix uh, special, and it's on right now. And Mary and I watched it last night. It's called Revolution. And, you know, when Chelsea was on our show, she was very, very funny. But to be honest with you, I never completely thought of her as a real stand-up. I thought of her as that funny woman who's on Late Night on the, that show on E! Entertainment years ago. And then she kind of did some strange things, traveling around the world, having experiences. And she was funny in that. This is pure Chelsea Handler stand-up. And she's hysterical. Now, you have to be a fan, but she is very funny in this thing. But there's one shocking moment. She's somewhere like, I don't know, Australia. And it's in the summertime with her sister. And her sister says, oh, wow, they're at the beach. She says, Chelsea, look up. This doesn't happen very often. You can see the sun and the moon in the same sky. And Chelsea said, I thought they were the same. And she was serious. What? (laughs) She thought the sun and the moon were the same. That when the sun went down and the moon came up, that was just a different version of the sun. Now I give her credit for being brave enough to say that publicly, but that's holy hilarious. cow!
3: You know that's I the mean, sort of thing great that you expect from a six-year-old, yeah. right? That's yeah. the kind of yeah.
2: I listen. I'm not pointing any fingers. I have great gaps in my own uh, education, but I kind of knew that the sun and the moon were different. And she wouldn't let go of it. She totally owned the fact that she was she was stunned.
3: That's so funny. Which which platform? Netflix.
2: Netflix yeah
3: Netflix I am going to watch And then
2: this. you know then she goes off and does other stuff she is very funny but I went whoa Chelsea It's Bob and Cherry
0: Bob and
4: Sherry go.
3: The Bob saw the Elvis movie with Austin Butler and thought it was amazing. And Max and I have, were like, okay, we're going to watch it. We're going to watch it. And then with the death of Lisa Marie Presley last week, what a shocking, shocking loss. Max was like, that's it. I'm, I'm committed. So he and Bridget um, settled down to watch Elvis. And he told me um, early this morning before the show started that that movie was. Just everything and then some. Austin Butler to- totally deserves the Oscar. Yeah. And I think I'm watching the the streaming numbers jump on this movie. I think the tragic, untimely passing of Lisa Marie Presley has kind of wake- awakened that movie again. And oh, they're sure. Getting, they're yeah. they're going to announce the Oscar nominations um, soon. And everybody's picking Austin Butler for Best Actor. So there's a scene toward the end of the movie that will rip your heart right out. Can you set it up, Max?
2: Yeah, up until this point, you've only seen Austin Butler as Elvis Presley, and now all of a sudden, you're seeing Elvis Presley, the real Elvis Presley come on the screen, and it's a moment. I mean, it jars you. So well, they, it's the they, end of the movie. I mean, the movie is in essence over, and they're they're about ready to go to credits. And then somehow uh, Lurman mix this in and you go, it takes a moment, correct me if you, if I'm wrong, but it takes a moment for you to realize, oh, that's actually Elvis. And it's obviously Elvis in the last year of his life because he's overweight. Yeah, Performing and,
3: this song for the very last time in his life. And you see. And, all- and it's,
2: it, it's Unchained Melody, which is quite a song to sing. Bobby Hatfield had the hit with it years and years ago, but he's playing uh, P- Elvis is playing piano in front of the audience, and there's a fellow holding the microphone up to Elvis to
1: sing. One melody. Okay. Okay.
4: But that night he sang as he always did with all his heart
1: and soul. How do you like
4: it so boy like That old voice rang out
1: and I was the hero of the comic book. I saw movies and I was the hero in the movies. So every dream that I ever dreamed has come true a hundred times. a song, today would never end. Without a song, a man ain't got a friend. Without, without a song, the road would ever bend. Without a song. So i keep singing a song. Two.
2: things about that guy is that his voice actually got better as he got older you can hear elvis at 19 and you know he's pretty exciting but boy you hear him later in life and the range uh, the control is just so much stronger that's a great moment
3: i can't think of very many real life figures that it would be more intimidating to try to play than elvis from his teenage years to the end and the fact that austin butler pulled that off the way that he did and tom yeah. hanks is you heard tom hanks's voice in there too is colonel parker just right. an amazing yeah. thing so um we're probably uh looking at the next uh oscar winner for best actor in austin butler and when you watch this clip we're going to post it up on the facebook and you see the real elvis side by side with the actor uh, whether you were a fan or not if you have a human heart man It skips a beat. It is really something to see. It's Bob and Sherry.
4: Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. So here's a question. Tell me
3: if you've had this experience. You're flipping channels and you come across a movie that you like, that you've seen before, and you go, oh, it's been a while since I've seen this. Let me watch for a minute. And as you're watching, you have this feeling hit you all of a sudden like a punch, like, oh my God, this looks like an old movie now. I had this happen yeah. the other night with The Blues Brothers. It was on Turner Classic mm-hmm. and um and I sometimes especially if I'm having a hard time sleeping, I'll put on Turner Classic because there are no commercials in it. Cuz right. you know you'll be watch, you'll be like just dozing off and you'll be like totally into, you know, Mysteries at the Museum or ancient aliens or whatever, and then here comes, you know, a drug ad. But Turner Classic no commercials. So I'm like, all right, I haven't seen The Blues Brothers all the way through and forever I'm going to watch it. And so I'm lying there in bed and it's on and it hit me. The color of the film stock, everything about it, it suddenly looked like an old movie.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny how that is. There are some old movies that you saw as a kid, maybe, and they hold up like the French connection, the original French connection with Gene Hackman, which is the story of a New York cop who is just determined to bring down this French drug dealer in New York City. It still holds up, but there are others that but it looks uh, like look silly. It's Well, it does because of up. the film. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. I'm, I guess that, that was shot in the 70s, I guess. Was that shot in the 70s?
3: Yeah.
2: All uh, those 70s movies look alike. Yeah.
3: I'm not criticizing the story or the performance. I'm saying that the movie that you don't think of as an old movie looks like an old movie. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that is a shocking feeling like animal house kind of looks like an old movie. Now blues brothers looks like an old movie. I am almost afraid the next time clueless is on to click on it for fear that that's going to look like an old movie too. It's a very strange feeling. Very,
2: you know, it's, it's interesting how you just said the film stock, like the film stock during these 1970s movies, like the dirty Harry movies, you know, uh, first of all, the production, they have these zoom ins, these snap, they call them snap zooms that just go really quickly right into the subject. Um and they look silly today. But that that film looks harsh. The the uh the look of it, everything is kind of harsh. Whereas the period before that, like you know, have you ever seen those Doris Day movies? Technicolor. Those romantics The the technical, everything bleeds color and it's ridiculous looking like a guy walks in and he's got some sort of a blue sport jacket on and it's like, whoa, that that's like, holy, that's like Lawrence Welk blue. You know, what is that?
3: I'm just waiting for the Twilight movies to look like old movies because mm-hmm. they're, I mean, the Twilight movies are, they are uh, an art form completely and totally under themselves. The filtering, the cinematography, the performances, the lighting, the story yeah. itself, everything about it. As soon as you're flipping channels, you land on a Twilight movie, it, any Twilight movie, any scene, any point, and you go, right. Oh, this is a Twilight movie. You just know yeah, what you're looking right. at, right? Is but it the because is they're dark? Come.
1: Do you think well they're blue the,
3: they're blue filtered. There's like a weird yeah. color filtering on them. And also yeah. they're, they're they're painful. But I'm addicted to them and we'll watch them over and over again. It's like it's like a toothache that I can't leave alone. But the day right. is gonna come when the people of the not so distant future will be flipping channels and they'll be like, Oh, there's an old movie on. It's that one with Bella and Edward, it's Twilight. The March of Time, y'all is so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. It's true. Although I have to say, sitting and watching the Blues Brothers again, even though it looked like an old movie, it made me feel like perhaps I was a thousand years old, too. It's a really good movie. You forget. You forget what a strange, weird, specific There was nothing like thing. it.
2: Yeah, the there, was, there was nothing like it. It was fun to see people like Aretha Franklin in it, too.
3: You got a ring on it, but before you say I do, you need the answers to the questions that we have next. That is, if you want to stay married. It's Bob and Bob Sherry.
2: Can You Believe This is brought to you by Staples, the working and learning store. You read it once.
3: I don't believe that. And
2: then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Sherry's. I don't believe this. Shit. I
3: cannot
4: Just believe this.
3: Shit. Some psychologists and, you know, relationship counselors got together and came up with the questions that you should absolutely ask before you say I do. So if you're engaged or about to get engaged, these are the questions to ask the other person. If you want to have a fighting chance of a relationship and a marriage that will go the distance. Right. Okay. So, and the goal here is not just to get to know the other person, but like, for example, some of these questions, um, lets you, gives you some insight into how they handle stress or difficulty and what you can do to help them through that, and then, of course, vice versa. So before you say, I do, ask and then listen to the actual answer. First question, what helps you relax? So, for example, if you were to ask your fiancé that before you and Mary got married, and she said, well, what really helps me relax is, like, you know, to go in the bathroom and do a face mask and maybe take a bubble bath and listen to music and be left alone, you'll know when you see her all wigged out and wired up that you can maybe facilitate that. You could suggest it. You could run a bath. You could, you would know what she needs. Okay. Here's the next question to ask. What makes you feel loved? That one's really important. And I know that we're all like, Oh, the love languages. But the truth is if what makes you feel loved, Bob is sex. And what makes Mm -hmm. her feel loved is kindness. Mm -hmm. um. You're, you're going to be like constantly missing the runway because Mm -hmm. you're going to try to love her the way you need and vice versa. And you're both going to end up feeling, um, like your needs are not being met. Third question.
2: You know, can, can I comment on the first one where you, as the man in her life, you suddenly realize that she's, uh, you know, kind of tense and, uh, and uptight and maybe annoyed. I think it's a little dangerous given those circumstances to come up and say, you know, I think somebody needs to spend a little time maybe doing a facial for herself. That can get your head taken off.
3: It's all in the delivery. Okay. Yeah. But I'll tell you what really will get your head taken off is you seem a little tense. I've got a little something, something for you. Oh, that's um,
2: ridiculous. Yeah if, you yeah. if you haven't figured that out as a guy, turn in your card, pal.
3: third question this one's as scary as a haunted house full of the undead what is our financial situation it's amazing how many people don't really talk about that before they dive on in and you know that's true Um, next what has been your biggest trauma or traumas you need to know because people with a, a trauma background yeah um and i i can tell you from experience like You get therapy, time goes on, you work really hard, but that trauma is always there and and you Mm -hmm. can be triggered and you can find yourself reacting from a place that's like from a million years ago. And if Mm -hmm. your partner doesn't know that and understand it, it's just going to be a hot mess. Um,
2: I was in that situation in in, uh, two different situations, two different uh, relationships where it was hinted at what the trauma was that these really wonderful uh, women had gone through. But I never got the uh, the full story behind the story. And there's there was something about me back in that period, too. I'm just going to fess up to it, where um, I didn't push to investigate what the deal was when I think I should have. And I would have been better off, and she would have been better off, and the relationship would have been better off if I said. You mentioned that when you were 15, this blah, blah, blah happened. You know how, how did that affect you, and you know do you still deal with it today? But I didn't, and it was just like I'm—I've got a nice relationship going. You don't want to Rather, rock the boat. Yeah, I don't even know if it's rocking the boat or a lack of curiosity when it comes to other people's. I'm just being honest here. Other people's uh, pasts. And the only thing I'm thinking about is the present or the future. In the future. Yeah, yeah, I that that was. That's very honest of you
3: to admit. Me. Yeah, that's yeah. very honest of you to admit. I, I am. Some days I I feel like I am um, a collection of trauma responses loosely held together by hair and a Target T-shirt because I have like a really overactive startle reflex. Like you cannot, if you if if you come into a room I'm in and I don't see you coming. I, I go into flight or fight or flight. Like I have so many, like my personality is so heavy on trauma responses and I've had a lot of therapy. Um, if you don't know that about me, I sure must seem extra jumpy and protective. (laughs) Do do you think
2: is, do you think that's based on, uh, your past, your difficult childhood and upbringing and so on? Or do you think that's based on, and, and I'm just going to say it, the fact that people who have gone through trauma are attracted to you and will go to you like a magnet for advice, comfort, uh, and so on.
3: Well, the, the, we, the, we, the broken see each other, for sure. There's no question that we see each other in the crowd. But um, my earliest memories until my 20s were unrelenting violence and terror. So Mm -hmm. I would say that despite years of therapy and many, many years of living a peaceful, quiet, orderly life, I am still a hot freaking mess when it comes to that. And if you don't know that, you're not going to really be able to understand why Mm -hmm. I I act the way I do. Next question, where do you draw the line between secrecy and privacy? Why is that important? Because you tell your significant other a secret and they don't understand that it's a secret and they don't understand your definition of privacy. Next question, how do you deal with conflict? Next question, what role is extended family going to play in this relationship? Here's another one, what are our deal breakers? How do we stay connected while maintaining our independence? How do we divide up chores? And here's a question, Bob, that you and I have never wanted to ask anyone. What is something about me that causes you some concern?
2: Whoa, that... (laughs) You talk about a minefield. Yeah. Although, you know what? If you ask that question and it comes back, really nothing that I can think of. Winner. You feel. Get a ring on
3: that. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Get the lotion on its skin. We have a jackpot. So far, so far,
3: (laughs) so far. Yeah, well, that's true too. All right, that's up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. This is
4: Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to bobandsherry.com.
2: Mary and I have a friend who is just cold, cold, cold when it comes to pets. If she's got a pet that is getting sick, that pet is gone. And I'm not going to get into the details. Yeah, pretty much. If the pet is older and gets sick, that pet is gone. Now, if you follow us on Facebook, you know that uh, Max and his girlfriend uh, adopted a schnauzer. And they had another schnauzer that had a very expensive operation. Thousands of dollars. And he's doing so, much better. And he's doing much better. So we, I'm going to include myself and Sherry, we are people that, you know, Mary's cat is, is 18 years old and she is having some problems. She is now not just going in the garage where the uh, litter box is. I know this is sexy stuff. Just stay with me, folks. She uh, was going right in the corner of the living room and Mary was flipping out. And so I said, well, why don't we put a litter box over there, one in the garage, and one on the steps to get down to the garage. So there's three cat litter boxes for this one cat. She said it'll never work. Well, guess what? It works. So it's good news and bad news. The good news is have got a place to go and not ruining the hardwood floors, which she will. The bad news is I'm usually first person. Oh. And my greeting the day has become uh, a different experience. Let's just leave it at that. I, and Are you additionally, joining I'm, I'm me? covering three three litter boxes uh, multiple times during the day.
3: So you're joining me in the sunrise fecal excavation world. Yeah. 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 Hey, I'll tell you something that will make everybody laugh. You ready? So Kevin and I had what you might call a disagreement, and he stomped out of the room in a huff and took his pillow with him, and he left his pillow on the floor. Sam pooped on it. Yeah, and they I was do like, that. Who's mommy's right. best friend? Who's got mommy's back? <laughs> <laughs> who's who's team mommy? That's right, Sam <laughs> Ash, you are.
2: <laughs> That's right. So you know hey, what we got to find. Our your, you got to find your
0: silver lining. So you do.
2: You, oh, uh, the lining I see over there ain't silver. I can
0: tell you that much. It's, it's Bob and Bob Sherry. And Sherry. So I saw something on TikTok where
3: a bunch of bartenders got together and described the things that customers do that they hate the most. Mm-hmm. So let's I I want to hear you this. You and I have been going to bars for, together for years and I don't think you do any of these, so you can relax, okay? Because I can't even imagine saying to a bartender, "Can you make this a really strong drink?" Bartender says, "You want to double?" "No, no, I just I just want it to be really strong." Mm -hmm. Um, the bartender, the bartender is not an elf wizard. The bartender is an employee of the bar and they can't just pour half a bottle of Bacardi into your glass on your say, so you have to pay, you have to pay for your drink. You can get fired for
2: doing that. That's, that's giving away. uh, It may be illegal in some States too.
3: Um, this one bartender, Nick at night says he hates drinks with fancy names like the gay pirate or the skinny bee, he (laughs) said, it's, if it's a one, just tell me, um, you don't have to tell me a Cape Cod, say, can I get a vodka cranberry? Um, or, you know, a skinny bee is actually a vodka soda. Just say, can I have a vodka soda? Don't make me Google the goofy names of your drink.
2: Exactly. I, the, uh, what was the pirate, the gay pirate,
3: the gay pirate. Yeah. I don't know what's in a gay pirate. I don't drink, like, you know, fruity, weird drinks like that. I have no idea what's in a gay pirate. Oh, wait. You know what? I'm such a 12-year-old boy. You know what's in a gay pirate?
2: Oh, I think I know where you're going with this, and don't you dare.
3: I will not. Here's the next thing the bartenders hate. Um, And this one, it would never have occurred to me, but um, Clanky Babe says, her name is Clancy Brooker, she says she hates when people come up to the bar and put their arms on the bar you know like that like this like you cross your arms rest on the bar she's like where do you think i'm going to make your drinks that's my workspace she hates when people do that
2: boy that must be somebody that's really out there with some big big arms yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's
3: like like who's the um in the popeye cartoon brutus like you're picturing like some wrestler or some brutus kind of exactly um, here, a bartender, I, I, I'll
2: tell you one thing. If I were a bartender, I, I think I would hate, I don't like it as uh, somebody who occasionally has dinner. If Mary's working at a bar, I don't like a kid at a bar, not on a seat.
3: Like sitting at the bar.
2: Yeah. You could, what I don't have a problem with a those... kid being in the high top. You know, if there's a four, four seater high top, and I don't have a problem with that, but my actually gra- s- my grandfather brought my brother and I to a bar. We sat at the bar when I was four and he was six. <laughs> I did it with my father. My father did it. He would take me across the street from the business that he had, and uh, he'd order a hot dog for lunch, and I'd sit there next to him, but I just don't like it.
3: Um, do you not like it because they're taking up a seat or because you think it's inappropriate or because – it can that not be the one place in the world where you're not with a four-year-old? That's the last buff? one.
2: That's the last all, one. I mean, a 4 year olds going to be a four-year-old, right? And I, I'm sitting at a bar. It is a very adult thing. I don't want to have to I, – I, I love kids. I absolutely love kids. And if there was a kid in the restaurant and he's, parking, he's poking his head up and turning around and making faces at me, I'll make faces back. I don't have a problem with that. The bar seems to be – I don't want to use the word sacred, but a place for adults only.
3: <laughs> you don't want to play peekaboo.
2: At the bar no, is what
3: you're saying. No, okay. Right. Um, the, a couple of bartenders said that there are two things they hate. They don't want you waving a credit card at them, and they don't want you tapping your credit card on the bar.
4: Right. They
3: that believe me, they're gonna get your money for the drink. And when you're waving and tapping, that's not gonna make anything happen any faster, especially if it's really crowded. Um they hate like here's a bartender named Rachel who says, I hate when people ask me, what do you have on tap? The taps are right in front of you with all of the beers that we have on taps. Can yeah. you not just decide what you want to drink without making me list it all?
2: Yeah, I, I agree. Unless you can't really see the taps. Um, but I understand what she's saying, especially if there's like, have you been to a, a restaurant? They sell hamburgers and uh, Philly steaks, but their thing is they've got 150 beers And they're all on tap (laughs) I mean, to ask that, that bartender to go through that. That's, that's a, that's a mind blower.
3: Here's a bartender who says that something that annoys a lot of uh, bartenders is when you come up to the bar and bartender says, what can I get you? And you say, surprise me. Apparently there are people, wild animal people that do this. I can't even imagine doing this. That seems like
2: nothing but a bad gamble for the bartender. Because yeah, if what, he gives uh, you a sidecar and you don't like that kind of a drink, then you, the person's going to go, oof, oof. That's,
3: that, that's oof. what the bartender says.
2: Could like, I get something else? No.
3: There's a gazillion drinks. Like, don't just say surprise me. Now, one bartender said, I don't mind if someone says, I'm a tequila drinker. How about you surprise me? Because at least you narrowed it down to tequila. Yeah. Exactly. Um, a, a bartender, if it's not too busy and too crazy, they don't mind that. My my friend Rick, Uncle Sparkles, we'll be like we'll be in a restaurant, and he'll say to the server, um, "What do you like?" And the server will, you know, blah 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 blah. And Rick will close his menu and say, "Surprise me," and he always love. They do. They bring him an entree, and he always loves what he gets. I. That's not Bob. That's not you or me.
2: Never do at that all. at an upscale restaurant in somewhere like New York City. Because well, I was be
3: surprised.
2: When I was on the road for TV, we sat down at Patsy's, and that's a great restaurant in New York City. Sinatra used to eat there. And they came over and they saw us as a bunch of hayseed out-of-towners. And the uh the maitre D said, Allow us to order for you. And of course, I wanted to be Mr. New York. Go right ahead, Luigi. The bill was hundreds of dollars. Yeah. And we're on an expense account, but we couldn't—we couldn't justify it. It was awful. It was awful. Well, be careful. I know
3: for a stone cold certainty that if I'm out to dinner with Bob Lacey, the only surprise he wants shown up in front of him is a plate of linguine and clams with red sauce. Yeah, it
2: better not be overcooked. That's right. That's
3: the surprise he's here for. Yeah.
4: It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry books, swag, and the Mother of All Mothers merch. Just hit shop at com.
2: We haven't done and read it, am I the you-know-what, in a while. Uh, This is a woman who was, uh, her husband was dealing with some health issues and had been frequently visiting the doctor. So I'm just going to read her post. I asked if I could go with him, but he refused, saying it wouldn't be necessary. And when I asked why he wouldn't want me with him, he said he felt more comfortable having privacy with his doctor. I jokingly asked if his doctor was a woman, and he glanced at me. I anticipated his next doctor appointment and decided to go and meet him there. He went in, and 10 minutes later, I entered the office. I identified myself as his wife, and he was shocked when he saw me. I greeted his doctor, who was a man, LOL. And we talked, but my husband refused to even look my way and refused to speak as well. Um, We left the office together, and he went off on me in the car, saying I shouldn't have followed him and uh, come into the doctor's office when he asked for privacy. I said, it was okay because I'm your wife. I already even know what your issues are. He said, I overstepped his boundary and refused to respect his wish. Most of the people who responded to this, and a couple of uh, psychologists said, she's way out of line, busting in like that, way out of line. Now, if it were me and I were the guy with an issue, I would want my wife to come in there because she is going to remember every single freaking thing that doctor says or that nurse says. She's going to write it down, and I'm just not as detail-oriented. We are going to know what we got from that doctor's visit. But – If for whatever reason you're uncomfortable, the idea that this woman just goes barging in. Yes, she is the you know what.
3: I think she is um, because he made it clear that he did not want company. And I don't know why. I don't know what the dude's got going on. Um, Some people are kind of private about their bodies. I have no idea. Maybe he just wanted one transaction in his life that he wasn't being um, supervised. I have no idea what's going on here. The only I thing I can figure her, out. Girl, the only thing
2: I can figure out with the seen, guy is maybe he had something going on uh, that he didn't want her to know. I, I don't know what that would be, but that's the only thing I can come up with. But you know,
3: here I think that you're allowed just because you're married, you are allowed to have some boundaries and some personal space. You don't yeah. have to be battling a secret illness to be allowed to go to the doctor by yourself. Sounds like maybe somebody's a little bit controlling and heavy handed. And -hmm. this is one corner that he can like hold his ground and rebel in. No, I'm, I'm, I think that's, and I, I also want to say to this lady, I hope she's listening. Woman, I am so jealous of how much free time you have. The last thing that I have room for in my day is to follow Kevin around to, from doctor to dentist appointments, supervising him. Dear God, just go. Let me know if you need me, but if you don't, I have other things to do. What is with these people?
2: I don't know. Can you imagine a man busting into a woman's examination with a doctor? I he I would think, be like,
3: what a tool.
2: I think he would be thrown out just like that. Just like that. Even if you announced oh you're God. the husband, I think you'd be thrown right out. Now if you went in if there, I have never known well actually I did know one guy that used the company his wife, and I thought it was kind of weird. Uh, but but if most what guys. What you none, want of in life,
3: if what you want in life is a living thing that requires your nonstop supervision and management, get you a high maintenance pet. Right. Not a spouse.
2: Yeah, that's right. No, she is the you know what. It's Bob and Sherry. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive
4: Vault.
3: Diary, I can't leave this house for more than a day without everything falling apart. I got back from New York, and I was gone only three and a half days, okay? And it was full-on Lord of the Flies up in here. The dirty dishes in the sink in their bedrooms. I think one of them got desperate and ate cereal out of an old flower pot. Even in the bathroom. The bathroom! Seriously? Plus, somebody must have left the pantry door open because the bag of cat food had been clawed open. dried kitty kibble everywhere. One of the kids says, kind of hopefully, maybe we have rats. Now you know you're desperate when you float vermin as your alibi, but I'm pretty sure that we don't have rats unless those rats are dressing up as cats. (laughs) The ultimate grossness though, the absolute worst, the horror, has to be the guard turd. Diary, I can barely bring myself to write the words. As you know, the dog is insane. Apparently a thunderstorm rolled through and caused him to lose his tiny mind and he crapped himself and they left it there, Diary and just stepped around it for, like, two days. Oh, my God, I'm getting my own place. When I pointed (laughs) it out to my husband, he was all, oh, that's the guard turd. What? The what? Well, the kids refused to enter the room where the guard turd was parked, thus guaranteeing that Kay would have that part of the house all to himself. It's so disgusting that I can't even. What a nightmare. As Max's mom liked to say, this place is a dump. (laughs) I used to... I used to think they'd all be sorry when I'm gone, but now I know they'll just rot away in their own filth until they end up having to resort to cannibalism or, God forbid, washing a damn dish. We'll write more later because right now, Sam is eating something he found under Karamia's bed, and I gotta pry it out of his mouth so he doesn't barf. Wow. Well, that makes it look like terrible. we live like animals, Ty. You know, sorry. You
2: know what's gonna happen? As soon as Olivia gets her own place, or Karamia gets her own place, own first place. It'll be pristine because it's theirs. That's, so what, that's what they do. That's what
3: they do. Olivia, what's that in your trash can? It's salsa. It, there's there's salsa? Why is there salsa in your trash can? Are you ready? Well, I, after the chips were gone, what was I supposed to do with it? Uh, I don't know, but dumping it in the trash can in your bedroom seems like a bad idea. Your room smells like a cabbie with B.O.
2: Sometimes girls' rooms are worse than boys' rooms. Disgusting. You know, do you agree with me? I agree. I'll tell you what, Allie, I would go up to her room when she was in middle Disgusting. school, and I would find Wendy's bags underneath her underneath her uh, bed, and it had been a while since that bag went under the bed. Did, did she think that there was a trap door to a garbage chute? underneath the bed. What is wrong with these people that they don't realize if you don't throw it out, it just rots away.
3: My husband's philosophy is nobody does anything because you do everything. I think that's fair. I think it is fair. I think it's fair. However, I find that human beings are all different. Like what a diverse, crazy quilt we all are. Some human beings like me have on almost zero tolerance for disgusting filth. And other human beings, like the ones I live with, have a boundless tolerance for disgusting filth. So why do I do everything? Because I can't live like this. That's why because I Because in
2: order to break them to be the way that you want, <laughs> it would take weeks and maybe months.
3: Bob, they named a turd while I was gone.
2: Can you not say that, that word? That
3: took That took three days. Do you think I can live in that environment for weeks or months?
2: Do you think you're talking to somebody that doesn't know about that situation?
3: I can't go out of town again. Next time I come home, the damn thing'll have googly eyes stuck in it. No. No.
2: Hey, do you remember when I had the pug?
3: And they would take the pug. The phone rang here one day in the studio and they and Bob said, Yeah, what is it? He did what? Well, why he hangs up. He said, I have to go. Pugsley threw up in my underwear and they said it's gross and they don't want to clean
2: it. No, they wouldn't do it.
3: And it, it took you like a half an hour yeah. to drive home to get yeah,
2: to it. Yeah, that's right. They said it was gross. Like, that, that like doesn't bother to me. Do.
4: Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app.
3: There's a, a story that's happening in the skies above our heads that none of us are paying attention to because the issues on the planet are so severe. But um, three Russian cosmonauts are stranded on the International Space Station. A teeny, tiny, teeny, tiny space rock hit their Soyuz capsule mm. and um, a coolant leak. was It caused a coolant leak. Now, this happened in December, and the spaceship is not safe for them to come back to Earth in. Good so boy. they're not calling this a rescue mission. They're calling this a replacement mission. But in February, um, the Russian space agency, Roscosmos, is sending up an empty, they're launching an empty Soyuz capsule and sending it to the space station to be a lifeboat for these stranded cosmonauts. Now, I know that people are mad at Russia uh, and, and, and Putin, as everyone should be, but we have three human beings that are floating around in orbit and no way to get home and nobody's talking about it nobody cares
2: I, this is the first i've heard of this i didn't know exactly
3: that. exactly that's my point now i'm you know i'm a space geek and i follow all of this stuff and i watch the nasa channel mm-hmm. and um and i've read a lot of science fiction and in fact the movie gravity with sandra bullock was you know and the martian with uh matt damon. Um, what's his head matt damon
1: matt,
3: matt damon, damon yeah I mean, these were fictionalized versions of astronauts stranded in space. And how are we going to get them home? Mm -hmm. Uh, This is what's what we have right here is a teeny, teeny, it's a teeny tiny rock has stranded three human beings at the space station. And they're okay. You know, they've got food and oxygen and they're safe. But if that were you or me and we're up there on the ISS and our ship's damaged and we know we can't come home in it.
2: Well, there's a maniac who's in charge of their country. Who and will there's send, a maniac
3: in charge of their country, yeah.
2: Who will who will send their own soldiers uh, onto the battlefield, knowing they're going to be mowed down? Um, <laughs> the idea that oh, I'm sure you know, comrade Putin is going to take good care of me. Yeah, I'm sure they'll it. get him back. I mean, it it would be a PR disaster. Well, if, they are if sending they, uh, up, die there.
3: They are sending up that empty ship as a lifeboat, but you and I are not allowed to be in any way cavalier about this because I have seen the two of us completely break down and decompensate when there was turbulence and they didn't serve drinks on the plate.
2: Right, right.
3: Okay? And we weren't stranded in outer space. It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry Oddcast podcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening.